0: Apamata and its programs are supported by your generosity, and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at Apamata.org. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for joining in this afternoon at the start of this intensive. Um, I've asked for a slight change in the schedule to sit for about 15 minutes, and then I'll give some introductory remarks, uh, and then we'll have uh, Kin-hin, and then uh, sit together some more. For Dharma talk. There are some traditional guidelines that are read at the beginning of intensives uh, and I'm going to draw on those. Um, I left out all the parts about what we do in the zendo together. Even though it's very exciting to be in the zendo with Joan and Kim this afternoon, uh, most of us participating are going to be doing so from home. so leave out the parts about keeping your place in the Zendo neat and coming back for work breaks, etc. Welcome to the June 2021 Apumata Practice Intensive. The theme for this intensive and in practice period or for this intensive is Hymn to the Perfection of Wisdom. Practice intensives are a gift we create for ourselves and each other. It is a gift of space, silence, respect for each person's containment, and and an expression of mutual care through our work and practice together. Please take advantage of this rare opportunity by bringing yourself wholeheartedly to your practice in every moment. Silence is our most important container. Make every effort to mindfully maintain silence except during practice discussion, group inquiry, and any question and answer period following talks. Notice the natural tendency to scatter your energies when in a transition from zazen to standing, or meditation periods to work periods, meals and breaks. Be alert and curious about whatever is arising without any attempt at manipulation whatsoever. This itself is a very difficult and demanding practice. But as we take the backward step, as Dogen puts it, and as we are turning our light inward to rest in mindful awareness, we provide for each other the protection and support for this shift. Please follow the schedule completely. Uh, that is mostly having to do with tomorrow. Uh, those have been The schedule has been posted online and um, let me just ask, is there anyone that has not seen it? I'm not seeing a response on that. Good. Um, in the Zen tradition, on time, Means at least five minutes before the start of an activity. There will be a set of clackers 10 minutes before a sitting period that follows a break. Please come at once to the Zendo at that time. Intensive work, intensives work by containing the energy we normally dissipate in our distractions and busyness. Allow yourself to be immersed in the silence and stillness here as much as possible. This is extremely important in support of each person's practice. When you go back to your uh, own activities at night, to your home, etc., please maintain silence, even uh, with those with whom you are sharing the space. Please avoid using computers, cell phones, televisions, or other devices during the time of the intensive, except for emergencies. Uh, when we take a break like this, we can notice our automatic and sometimes frantic clinging and habits of distraction. This is the best way to fully experience this gift of time and space. Beginning tomorrow, Peg and Joel will offer, that's me, will offer practice discussion. Uh, Peg will explain how that will work later. If you have any questions, if you feel ill or distressed, please let Peg or Joel or the Jisha Joan or the head student Kim uh, know and we do our best to respond. I should have practiced how to arrange my papers before. I'm sorry. Um, in the, the Song of the Grassroof grass Hermitage, uh, Shitu Chikwan, or Sekito Kisen, who lived some 1,300 years ago, writes, uh, closing with these lines, meet the ancestral teachers. Be familiar with their instructions. Find grasses to build a hut and don't give up. Let go of hundreds of years and relax completely. Open your hands and walk innocent. Thousands of words, myriad interpretations are only to free you from obstructions. If you want to know the undying person in the hut, don't separate from this skin bag here and now. Our theme for this intensive is the hymn to the perfection of wisdom. Uh, a a verse that we chant on weekday mornings at Alpamata, or a version of which we chant at Alpamata. Peg will offer her her thoughts about the impact of this verse in her talks tomorrow, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, She has shared some with me, and I know it will be inspiring and beautiful. Uh, The hymn is part of a book, uh, or a collection of dialogues, I guess, uh, called Perfection of Wisdom in 8,000 Lines which uh, dates back to the first century of the Common Era, according to scholars, and which was translated into English uh, only about 30 years ago, four years ago, by uh, the German-born scholar of Marxism and later Buddhism, Edward Konza. Uh, I want to share a little bit about the hymn To the Perfection of Wisdom, but as with pretty much everything else that I do, uh, and this will be no surprise to anyone who knows me, what I have to share will be less about the ancestral teachers and their instructions, and more about this skin bag here and now. In this body, in this culture, with this set of self-reinforcing mental constructs. And, and my hope is that by sharing the reaction, reactivity and, and obstructions I have for myself, that I can, for myself, help nudge them aside somewhat, and loosen up the space around them, and that that may be in some way helpful. A parent, Peg shared a PDF with me of Kanzi's Perfection of Wisdom in 8,000 Lines uh, several weeks ago. She said the hymn was found in Chapter 7, which is titled Hell. That's funny, I thought. What does the perfection of wisdom have to do with hell? Um, in, in background, the, the perfection of wisdom in 8,000 lines records a, what uh, seems to be a conversation involving the Buddha, his followers, Suputi and Sharnaputra and others, uh, perhaps hundreds of thousands of others, including Chakra, the chief of the gods, uh, and, and other bodhisattvas. It begins with a long philosophical uh, and, and very detailed, very uh, acute psychological examination of the nature of wisdom. And particularly the transcendent wisdom that can be apprehended as one strips away the standard conventions of sensory and discursive understanding to arrive at something else. What else exactly? I can't tell you, but definitely something else. Chapter six, preceding the hell chapter uh, closes with a discussion of the ways in which such wisdom is superior to the other spiritual perfections of morality or is really needed by all the other uh, uh, perfections of morality that is good conduct of speech and body and mind Um, and the buddha says if beings practice morality for countless eons while clinging to a misconception about the own being of dharmas, their merit will be infinitesimal compared to that of those who, and this is a beautiful word, rejoice in the Supreme Enlightenment. Hearing this, Shariputra says, the perfection of wisdom O Lord is the accomplishment of the cognition of the all-knowing. The perfection of wisdom is that state of all knowledge. The Lord, that is the Buddha, says, so it is, Shariputra, as you say. Shariputra continues. The perfection of wisdom gives light, O Lord. I pay homage to the perfection of wisdom. She is worthy of homage. She is unstained. The entire world cannot stain her. She is a source of light. From everyone in the triple world, she removes darkness. And she leads away from the blinding darkness caused by the defilements and by wrong views. In her, we can find shelter. Most excellent are her works. She makes us seek the safety of the wings of enlightenment. She brings light to the blind. She brings light so that all fear and distress may be forsaken. She has gained the five eyes and she shows the path to all beings. She herself is an organ of vision. She disperses the gloom and darkness of delusion. She does nothing about all dharmas, she guides to the path those who have strayed on a bad road. She is identical with all knowledge. She never produces any dharma because she has forsaken the residues relating to both kinds of, of coverings those produced by defilements and those produced by the cognizable. She does not stop any dharma. Herself unstopped and unproduced is the perfection of wisdom. She is the mother of the bodhisattvas on account of the emptiness of own mark. As the donor of the jewel of all the Buddha dharmas, she brings about the 10 powers of a Buddha. She cannot be crushed. She protects the unprotected with the help of the four grounds of self-confidence. She is the antidote to birth and death. She has a clear knowledge of the own being of all dharmas, for she does not stray away from it. The perfection of wisdom of the Buddha's, the Lords, sets in motion the wheel of Dharma." So a a somewhat expanded uh, version of what we read read, um, each day. Uh, And so uh, then I continued, and um, in reading this chapter a few pages later, um, Buddha says, "'It is quite possible that some bodhisattvas although they have seen many hundreds, many thousands, many hundreds of thousands of Buddhas, and have led the holy life in their presence, might nevertheless have no faith in the perfection of wisdom. The reason is that in the past, they have had no respect for this deep perfection of wisdom when, in the presence of those Buddhas and Lords, it was taught, first they do not believe, then they do not hear, then they do not see, then they do not recognize it, and thus they produce, accumulate, pile up, and collect karma conducive to the ruin of dharma. That in its its turn makes them refuse, reject, and revile this perfection of wisdom. When it is being taught and having rejected it, they walk out. Not content with having vitiated their own continuities, they will, as if all aflame, deter, dissuade, turn away others also, persons of small intelligence, wisdom, merit, and wholesome roots endowed with but little faith, affection, serenity, and desire to do. Beginners, essentially unqualified, turning them away, trying to take away even that little faith, affection, serenity, and desire to do. Um, Buddha says that they, this will have dire consequences from them, for them. They will be removed from the Sangha, from the presence of the Buddha and the Lords, deprived of the Dharma, expelled from the Sangha. In each and every way they will be shut out from the triple jewel. And I'll, I'll cut out a lot here. They will be hurled into hell and they will be in hell until their world system burns up and then they will be cast into another hell and then into another hell uh, for a long, long time. Why? They will therefore, as we see, experience a karma which involves many painful feelings. And why? Because their teachings are so bad. Shariputra asks the Buddha, Well, how long is this going to last? Yes, and three times. And the Buddha says, uh, Leave that alone, Shariputra. If this were announced, those who hear it would have to beware lest hot blood spurt out of their mouths, lest they incur death or painful or deathly pain, lest harsh oppression weigh them down lest the dart of grief enter their hearts, lest they drop down in a big fall, lest they shrivel up and wither away, lest they be overpowered by great fright. So the Lord refused to answer the venerable Shariputra's question. And finally, Shariputra says, well, why? Why would people do such a thing? And the Buddha answers, such a person is beset by Mara. His karma is conducive to weakness and wisdom and so he has no faith or serene confidence in deep dharmas so coming back to me and my resistances and my questions and all of that i wonder what you know when i first read this I'm like what, what do i make of this my first um my first desire to uh, pursue Buddhist practice and to engage with the teacher um, arose when I read Buddhism Without Beliefs by Stephen Berkshire, uh which imply, which, you know, is very clear that it is, uh, at least as he lays it out, Buddhism is less about belief and more about ethical practice uh, and more about engagement than um, with um, the um, Sort of things that would be involved in the traditional, for example, Christian faith. And I was reminded in reading this of the, of the famous sermon from 1740 by Jonathan Edwards in Massachusetts, they gave in Massachusetts and Connecticut called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, in which he describes punishments awaiting people who do not believe and uh, who um, think that they can get away. Simply by doing good deeds and by living an upright life, and lacking faith, they they are going to be condemned to hell for eternity. And that God is God hates them in the same way that you would hate a venomous viper in your path. I was reminded of that. So, um, Peg, having heard this from me yesterday. Uh, wrote to me and said, "Um, with respect to the hell realms in chapter seven, you should note that those consigned to them here are not the unwise or ignorant, but those who would offer false teachings about the perfection of wisdom or lead others away from it. It is a fiery condemnation in the Mahayana rhetorical style to reflect the enormous damage that such teachings can cause. They are, in other words, the polar opposite of the activity of the bodhisattva. So this warning is aimed at teachers, not ordinary followers. It begins with praise for for the perfection of wisdom, and then is following this dire warning. It seems over the top, unless you consider the damage done to spiritual practitioners by misleading teachers. Think Jonestown, Waco, the Bhagwan, and on and on. I think that's a very valuable point. Um, For me, I I just want to add that um, The, all of the voluminous Buddhist literature is full of things that I resist, this is just one of them, and it it grows out of, you know, my Catholic boyhood and my rejection of of the stance that I had during that time, and, and reflects also the desire to follow the teachings that the Buddha offered to the Kalamas. This is something that I I work into almost every Dharma talk that I give, where he says, test things out for yourself. Don't go by authority. Don't listen to threats. Don't listen to authority, uh, what other people are doing, uh, all of those things. But test it out. Is this conducive? And and Peg pointed out also uh, to me yesterday, the Buddha's teachings to his son. Uh, Rahula, who, who whom he instructed, before you do something, think: is it wise? Is it generous? Is it going to lead to liberation? While you are doing it, think: is it wise? Is it, is it generous? Is it, is it going to lead to liberation? And uh, and then afterwards, evaluate as well, so that we have. So what I I think that uh, from myself as moving in the practice path. I, um, I have two thoughts about this. One, I, I do want to engage my reason. I do want to um, be able to evaluate um, my own actions and the actions of others in a way that is wise and generous and conducive to liberation. And, uh, and, to, and to take refuge in the Buddha in the sense that he is a teacher who offers this as a possibility for every single human being, even a, a messed up one like me, you know? Um, and at the same time, I am reminded of something from that, you know, it's very well said in the quote that I read this morning. The whole effort of the spiritual process is to break down the boundaries you have drawn for yourself and to experience the immensity that you are. So that is, I I, I want on the one hand to be able to evaluate whether something is leading in the right direction for myself, but I also want to not be so blinded by that uh, desire that I ignore the immensity all around me and all the possibilities which are pointed to in this very colorful, florid, flaming bunch of metaphors about hell and, and, and the, the beauties of wisdom that seem unapproachable to me. I should have enough patience to allow that wisdom to also permeate. And that's that's what I'm hoping to gain more insight for in this in this intensive and, and what I so much treasure about all the teachings that I've had through Appomatta and through the, the other Buddhist teachers I've been I've encountered but mostly through Peg and Flint and the wonderful people on this song.